today, Lord God. We pray that You would pour out Your Spirit afresh upon us, Lord God. Revive us again, O God. Revive us again, Lord. Fill us with Your Holy Spirit, Lord. For apart from You, God, we're nothing today, Lord. We look to You, mighty God, the author, the finisher of our faith, Lord God. Oh, Father, have Your way in our service. Lord, in Jesus' name, Father, we give You glory. Amen. Let's worship the Lord. I'm standing on the promises of Christ my King. Through eternal ages, let His praises ring. Glory in the highest, I will shout and sing. I'm standing on the promises of God. Oh, yes, I'm standing, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior. Standing, standing, I'm standing on the promises of God. Oh, yes, I'm standing, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior. Standing, standing, I'm standing on the promises of God. Standing on the promises I cannot fail. When the holy storms of doubt and fear sustain. By the living word of God I shall prevail. I'm standing on the promises of God. Oh yes, I'm standing, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior. Standing, standing, I'm standing on the promises of God. Standing on the promises I now can see. Perfect peace and singing is but for me. Standing in the liberty where Christ makes free. I'm standing on the promises of God. Oh, yes, I'm standing, standing. Standing on the promises of God, my Savior. Standing, standing. I'm standing on the promises of God. Standing on the promises of Christ the Lord, bound to Him eternally, my love strong core, overcoming daily with the Spirit sword. I'm standing on the promises, God. Oh yes, I'm standing, standing, standing on the promises, God, my Savior. Standing on the promises of God, sing on the promises I cannot fail. Listening every moment to the Spirit's call, resting in my Savior as my all in all. I'm standing on the promises of God. Oh yes, I'm standing, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior. I'm standing on the promises of God. Oh, yes, I'm standing, standing, standing on the promises of God, my Savior.
Hallelujah. I'm so grateful that I can stand on His promise. Oh, hallelujah. He is faithful. Amen. The one who reigns forever, still the same. We bless you, Jesus. Praise the name above all names. The one who reigns forever, still the same. Praise the name, Jesus. Name above all names. The
other name can free us no other name so precious let's just praise the name no other name that's higher no other name that's stronger no other name forever i will praise the name no other name can heal us no other name can free us no other name so precious let's just Praise the name of Jesus. Glory, glory, glory to you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We thank you, Jesus, for your faithfulness. Jesus, we thank you for your presence. We thank you as we lift you up this morning. You draw close. Hallelujah. We thank you for your mercies that are new every morning. We thank you for your amazing grace that is poured out on us. Hallelujah. Oh, we bless you, Jesus, the King of glory.
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Making us overcomers. Oh, praise the name of the Lord again. Oh, let's praise him this morning. Hallelujah. He's given us the victory. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord. 
For that day, but in this day, we will praise you, we will serve you, we will believe you. We thank you that there's coming a day, but we thank you that right now is the day that you have made. We will rejoice in it, we will trust you in it, and we will go forth doing your works and your wonders in it. We thank you, Lord, for this day. For this is the day the Lord has made. This is the day for the believer's victory. This is the day. For the believer's confidence, this is the day when the Word shall come to pass. This is the day when the mountains will fall into the midst of the sea. And if you believe that, shout amen and give Jesus a hand clap. Oh, He's worthy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. Amen. You know, sometimes you can face obstacles and situations where, apart from praying in the Holy Ghost, you really don't know how to pray. Ever been there? But I think the Holy Spirit reminds us that there is another weapon in our arsenal, that two-edged sword. When in doubt, you don't know what to do and you don't even know how to pray, go ahead and praise Him. Amen? Go ahead and just declare, thus saith the Lord. That's the Word of God. Amen? Sometimes we look for a word, but God says, I've given you a word, declare it, believe it, expect it, amen, and sprinkle it with that praise. Well, hallelujah. Well, good morning. It's so good to see everybody together, amen. Wow. Praise the Lord, yeah. You look even better when you're all together, amen. Yeah. You look good. And the kids, we got the young ones with us, amen. We missed you. Amen. We missed the little ones. Amen. I feel a little younger when I can see little ones. Amen. Now, if I gotta watch them too long, I start feeling older. Amen. If I gotta, if I'm in charge of them, they, they make me feel real old. But when I just get to look at how cute they are, then I feel young and happy and I see their joy. Amen. 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 Um, so, let's see. Hey, um, the Funtners, John and Shannon Funtner and their family are here from New York. God bless you. They're from, um, Elmira area, where, where Phil and Cherry were from. You all remember them. Uh, let's see. 
At this time, we will dismiss our young people for Children's Church. Sister Amy's going right there. So, young ones, you are dismissed to follow Sister Amy. And she's going to take you across the way into the Children's Church area. Amen. Let's give them a God bless you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. There they go. Amen. There you go. All right, you lost something. There we go. Amen. I know the feeling. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, well, folks, now it's just us. That's just old people. Amen. All right. Amen. All right. I remember to dismiss the kids. One sticky note down. If you have your Bibles, if you would go to Luke's Gospel, chapter 9. We'll read our story, then we'll go to Second Peter and we'll look at one verse before we get started. I want to talk about inspiration from the Mount of Transfiguration. Inspiration from the Mount of Transfiguration. Luke's Gospel, chapter 9, and we'll begin with verse 28. And the Bible says about eight days after Jesus said this, what did He say? He was talking about His second coming and the glory and the power and the majesty of his return. So about eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, John, and James with him and went up into a mountain to pray. Now, as he was praying, the appearance of his face changed. His clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Now, two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure, which he was about to bring to fulfillment in Jerusalem. Now, Peter and his companions were very sleepy, and when they became fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men standing with him. And as the men were were leaving Jesus, Peter said, Master, it's good for us to be here. Let's put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. He didn't know what he was saying. But while he was speaking, a cloud appeared and enveloped them. And they were afraid as they entered the cloud. And a voice came from the cloud saying, This is my son, whom I've chosen, other, other um, gospel accounts, whom I love, listen to him. And when the voice had spoken, they found that Jesus was alone and the disciples kept this to themselves and told no one at that time what they had seen. Now, many, many decades, decades later, this so impacted Peter that he wrote about it. If you would, Second Peter chapter 1. I'm going to start with verse 16. Second Peter Chapter 1, and I'm going to start with verse 16. And Peter writes, We did not follow cleverly invented stories when we told you about the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of His majesty. For He received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to Him from the majestic glory, saying, This is My Son, whom I love with Him. I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. Inspiration from the Mount of Transfiguration. We pray, Father, give us fresh insight and understanding into this exciting story. Help us to not only understand these truths, but help us to believe and exercise and walk in these truths in our lives. We thank you for your word in Jesus' name. And everyone said, This morning we want to talk about an experience in Peter's life that made a great and lasting impact on him. It was an event that so affected him that, again, many decades later, towards the end of his life, he wrote about this mountaintop of mountaintop experiences. 
And this morning, we just want to kind of walk through the story, kind of verse by verse, and be instructed and be encouraged by what we read. Peter received many lessons and much benefit from this experience, and it's recorded so you and I can benefit from it also. Note, among other things, this is a summary. This story speaks to you and I about the explanation, the explanation of the coming kingdom. At this time, it was just before the Lord's death, and the disciples, their minds were kind of caught with a natural thinking of a natural kingdom, of a Jewish kingdom, overthrowing the Roman world. But this event shows clearly that the kingdom of our Lord was not of this world. It was eternal and it was glorious, the explanation of the kingdom. It also shows us about the emphasis of the glory of the cross, not the tragedy of the cross, but the glory of the cross. The Lord Jesus had a hard time getting through to the disciples, helping them to understand the importance of His death. They couldn't understand it. They didn't want to understand it. But you and I know that without the shedding of His blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. We understand that Jesus came as that Lamb of God to take away the sins of the world. He came and He died for you and He died for me. The Bible says the just for the unjust to bring you and I to God. Jesus is the one, the only one that brings men to God. The explanation, the emphasis. This emphasis was on the glory of the cross for even when Moses and Elijah show up and they're talking, their discussion is on His departure, His exodus, His death. We shouldn't be surprised, though, when we study the Word of God, especially in the book of Revelation, we see that there is not a subject that interests heaven more than the redemption of God's people. The heavenly host, the Bible says, they rejoice over one sinner that comes to salvation. And friend, the songs of heaven, if you were to study the songs they sing in heaven, if you were to go to the book of Revelation, you'd hear them singing about the worthy Lamb slain and His blood purchasing redemption from men. Redemption is the emphasis of heaven, and it should be our emphasis as well. We ought to relish and we ought to rejoice in the truth of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. In fact, Paul writes in Galatians, May I never boast except, except there is something to boast in. There is something to rejoice in. There is something to be bold and encouraged about. It's called the cross of Calvary where the blood flowed and salvation was wrought for you, for you, for you, and for me. Let's forever rejoice and give God praise for the cross of Calvary. This story speaks to us also on the Mount of Transfiguration. It was an encouragement for Jesus concerning what was to come. You see, in His humanity, He he felt what we feel. He was tempted in all ways. He felt the pressures of life. And now He's facing the way to the world. He's going to the cross. He's getting ready to take upon Him the judgment that you and I deserve, the, the, the punishment of sin that humanity deserved. He's going to be separated from the Father, something He's never experienced. But this was an encouragement as He faced that. This encounter on the Mount of Antrigulation, it gave Him a fresh assurance. It, it, it encouraged Him. He hears the words, Thou art my beloved Son, and I'm well pleased with you. You know, it's good to know that God's pleased with us when we're going through it. But sometimes when we're going through it, hell will lie every which way and say, God's forgotten you. God doesn't love you. But it's times like this that even when we... It's good to know He's pleased with us even when life is hard. It's good to know that He loves us even when we have to face things that sometimes can seem overwhelming and discouraging. And it's inspirations and encounters like this that remind us as we hear the still small voice of the Spirit reminding us, I'm still with you. I'm still for you. And I still love you. This is just a 
trial. This is just a test. Don't take it to mean I left you. Don't take it to mean I don't love you. I love you. I'm with you. And you're going to make it. Can you say amen? This experience was an encouragement that gave Jesus a fresh assurance as he hears the word of God's approval. But it also gives him a fresh perspective, a fresh view. He gets a fresh view of the glory that he had before, before the foundation of the earth. The glory that now awaits him on the other side of Calvary. You know, it helps to see what will happen on the other side. You see, friend, on the other side of the pain is the glory. On the other side of the trial is the triumph. On the other side of the tribulation is the overcoming. Oh, somebody, hang in there. Joy's coming in the morning. Weeping may endure for the night. And you might be going through a trial. But if you'll keep trusting the Lord and fix your eyes on Jesus, you're going to come through it. And in the end, there will be victory. Oh, it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. And this encounter, as He sees the glory... It reminds him of what awaits. Therefore, he can endure the cross, despising the shame. Because he knew there was something much greater and glorious coming. And the same goes for you. Lastly, this was an energizing experience for Peter. It's an experience that we just read never left Peter. Years and years later, this experience still encouraging him, still motivating him, still comforting him. Peter never forgot this experience. Again, it inspired him and affected how he lived. Do you have an experience like this? Do you have an experience that you'll never forget? I mean, times you've had encounters with God, man, still give you the the goosebumps, you know, the chill bumps still come on you. It might have been uh, a time when maybe when the power of God ministered to your life in a special way. Maybe when you got saved or returned to God. Maybe there was a time you went through something and God spared you from accident and harm and you knew, my goodness, He must have sent an angel. Maybe it was an answer to prayer that you prayed and God answered you in such a dramatic, supernatural way. You just shook your head and said, wow, Lord, I, I was praying for it, but now that it came, even that blows me away. Friend, it's good to have these experiences with God. Things that we can lean back and get encouraged by. Things that remind us our God still answers prayer. Our God still brings divine healing. Our God still makes a way where there seems to be no way. Inspiration from the Mount of Transfiguration. Number one, verse 28. Let's look at supplication or prayer. Supplication or prayer. The story begins... Eight days after Jesus said this, he took Peter, James, and John, and they went up into a mountain to pray. To pray. This word for prayer, supplication, is the earnest sharing of our needs. The earnest sharing of our needs. Jesus prayed earnestly. You see, real prayer, it's not just carnal energy, but it's spiritual intensity. And the transfiguration took place while Jesus prayed. Friend, things happen when you pray. Your life is changed in the presence of God, drawing near to God, calling on the name of God. Now, he was praying because the cross 
was before him. The weight and the load of the sins of the world were closing in. The pressure was great. He was going to endure that separation from the Father. He was going to take our judgment upon Himself. The hour was urgent and the need was critical. So Jesus did what He always did. Jesus prayed. Friend, Jesus is our example. And our Savior was a man of prayer. Jesus was a praying man and His men ought to be praying men. Can you say amen? Jesus prayed. He had to seek the Father. He had to seek God and trust God to strengthen Him. And the Father did so in a remarkable way. And friend, if you'll seek God, the Father will do the same to you. In your time of weakness, in your time of weariness, if you'll seek the Lord, He'll renew your strength. He'll encourage your faith. He'll give you the ability to rise up. How do we say it? Meet it, greet it, and defeat it by the power and the goodness of God. On that mountain of prayer, you and I can find, just like Jesus, an encouraging word that refreshes our hearts. He heard that voice of the Father. He heard that word. That word that refreshed the weary. That word that encourages hearts and hands to face life. But also, He encounters the descending of that glory cloud. In that time of prayer, not only will we hear His voice, but we can receive a fresh filling from God that will give us what we need to go out and face life as more than conquerors. I want you to know this morning that in your hour of need, if you'll climb that mountain of prayer and you'll seek the Lord who can always be found by His children, He'll meet you there. And God will speak to you there. Make it a practice and make it a habit of seeking the Lord. In times of trial, some just give up and don't show up. Some just get bitter and angry. That's the wrong answer. That's the answer the devil's hoping that you do. Just run and just give up. But those that know the Lord, in time of trouble, we know it's time to seek God. It's time to draw near to God. It's time to cast our burden on the burden bearer and draw near to the one that says, I'll draw near to you if you'll just draw close to me. My throne is called the throne of grace and it's full of grace for those that love me, for those that are called by my name. In your hour of trial, don't give up and don't run to the world, but draw near to God and He will draw near to you and He'll speak to your heart and He'll encourage your faith and He'll give you what you need to get back out in life and be an overcomer. Can you say amen? Make prayer a habit. Make it a practice in your life. Billy Graham writes in a book on prayer. He says, I heard about a young company president who instructed his secretary don't disturb him because he had an important appointment. Well, the chairman of the board showed up and he came in. He said, I need to see Mr. Jones. Secretary answered, I'm terribly sorry. He can't be disturbed. He has an important appointment that he's in. Well, the chairman of the board didn't like to be told no, so angrily he just banged open the door. But then he saw the president of his company on his knees, praying. Well, the chairman softly closed the door, stepped out, asked the secretary, is this usual? And she said, yes, sir, he does this every morning. To which the chairman of the board responded, No wonder I come to him for advice. See, to those that will seek the Lord, God promises I'll give you wisdom. I'll help you in that decision making. I'll give you strength to face those stress, pressure-filled times. My friend, Christian child of God, make your appointment and daily meet with God. Climb that mountain of prayer and draw near to that throne of grace. It'll change everything. Can you say amen? Amen. Supplication. To get an answer from God. 
Supplication to receive new strength from God. Supplication to even make things right with God when we need to make things right with God. My, my friend, don't, don't let things linger. Don't let things that interfere and quench and kind of grieve things. Don't let those things linger, but be quick to make things right. I know most of you, I could tell most of you know Dennis the Menace. Anyone know Dennis the Menace? Uh, rascally kid, uh, comic. Uh, I like comics. Amen? All right. No, I just got to admit, I like comics. Hagar the Horrible and Beetle Bailey. But Dennis the Menace. Saw a comic with Dennis, and it's kind of comical, but it makes a point. Dennis is kneeling at his bedside, and his hands are folded, and his eyes are looking up towards heaven. And with this, I've done it, I'm caught, look. He looks on, he looks up to heaven and says, mm, God, um, I'm here to turn myself in. <laughs> if you need to turn yourself in, stop putting it off. For heaven's sake, turn yourself in. Get things right with God. Amen. Get that thing under the blood and go back in the victory. No sense in faking. You can't fake God. You can fake me. You can fake your wife. But you can't fake God. Get it right and press on with the things of God. Number one of the Mount of Transfiguration lessons. Inspiration. For the Mount of Transfiguration, we recognize supplication. As he prayed, the glory came. As he prayed, he was strengthened to face his future. As he sought the Father, the Father didn't disappoint him. And he won't disappoint you. But secondly, as he prayed, there's transformation. Notice in verse, verse 29, something happens here. As he was praying, the appearance of his face changed and his clothes became as bright as a flash of lightning. Wow. Now, under this point, we'll look at an explanation of what happened, but also the participation that you and I can enjoy as we draw near to God. We're changed from faith to faith and glory to glory. As Jesus prayed, he was transformed. The disciples had seen Jesus perform mighty deeds that revealed the glory of God. But this is the first time that they ever actually beheld that glory actually radiating from his being. Jesus had veiled His glory in human flesh, but now His countenance and His clothing are are radiant. The Bible says, as bright as a flash of lightning. Now, one of my mentors used to say the real miracle is how He kept it in for 33 and a half years, but that's another sermon for another day. Peter had just before this confessed, you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And now the witness was confirmed by this demonstration of God's glory. Now, that's the usual order, isn't it? Bible, first faith, then sight. Jesus said in John 11, as he's talking with Mary and Martha, getting ready to raise Lazarus, did I not tell you, if you believe, you shall see the glory of God. Oh, Father, help us to believe. We're always looking for a sign. We always want God to do something first. I mean, how about let's believe God first. Then we'll see the glory of God. That's the pattern. Sometimes we get the pattern out of the way. You ever try to do something? If you don't do it in the right order, you don't get the right result, do you? uh, But I got the right ingredients, but they're not in the right order. Behoove us to get in the right Bible order. And that's faith, then sight. Believing, then glory. The Apostle John wrote, we have seen his glory. Now, you and I have not yet had that privilege like they did. But one day, 
The Bible says we shall see Him and we shall become like Him. Woo! We shall be changed into that glory. For you note takers, you go ahead and write down 1 John 3, 2 and 3. It says we're right now, we are children of God now, but what we shall be, we haven't seen that yet. But we know this, when we see Him, we shall be like Him. We're going to see Him as He is. Wow. 1 John 3, 2 and 3 for those note takers. Note takers, while you're writing, write this one down. Philippians 3, 21. This is where Paul writes, Jesus will transform our lowly, and for some of us pudgy, our lowly, so that they will be like His glorious body. Can you imagine that? Oh, what a day. So in an age of short-lived sensationalism, cheap substitutes, worldly counterfeits, where the Bible says man's glory is like the grass that's here today and gone tomorrow. Friend, it does us all good to contemplate and meditate on the glory and the greatness and the majesty of our God. It goes good just to step back and remind ourselves of how great our God is, how awesome His power is, how wonderful His salvation is as we meditate on the goodness and the greatness of our Savior and the great salvation He's given us and how He's greatly to be praised. It's faith. It energizes our, our understanding. It brings us to a place of being able to do what we couldn't do before and believe in ways we couldn't believe before. Sometimes when we're trying to believe God, we're looking within. Believe, believe. Forget that. Look at Him. Look at the greatness of God. Look at the wonderful power and majesty of the King of kings and the Lord of lords of the God you serve and the God that died for you of the One you call Abba Father. Think of Him and then faith gets stirred. Think of Him and then new life is released into your being. On the day Jesus prayed, He was transfigured. He was changed. This is what happened. The word describes, that word transfigured, it's a word that describes a change on the outside that is generated from the inside. It's where we get our word metamorphosis. Everybody remember junior high science class? And the tadpole turned into the frog, right? And the caterpillar turned into that butterfly. And the word was metamorphosis. Metamorphosis. And this is the same word here. From the inside. From the inside. A radical change begins and it brings dynamic transformation on the outside. Without. This is what happened to you and I when we got born again. When we got saved and Jesus came into our heart and divine life came in, we became new creatures. Once we were dead in sin, but then we came alive in Christ. Then from the inside, there became a radical change on the outside. It didn't work. Sometimes the legalists try to work it the opposite way and it just gets frustrating and defeated. It's a terrible thing to do it the opposite way. But when you start in the heart, it just radiates. It's a natural thing. It's a flowing thing. It's a glorious thing. Amen. We've been born again. And the same Spirit that raised Him from the dead dwells in us. And that Spirit that's within us begins to change us and transform us. Because I got a new heart, I speak a new language. Because I got a new heart, I see life a different way. Because I got a new heart, I've got new appetites. I've got new passion. Because I got a new heart, I got a new way of living. I've got a new life divine. You've got the fruit of the Spirit abiding, abiding in the vine. Glory be to God forevermore. That's how it works. That's how it works. 
That's how it works. Oh, listen. God is so good. We see this on the Mount of Transfiguration. Jesus, the glory was not reflected like Moses was in the Old Testament. See, Moses, he, he reflected the glory. No, no, no. Jesus' glory was not reflected, but it radiated from within because He was God. Well, you know, you and I have been born of God. Amen? Have been born of God. New birth. Got a new heart. Amen? I don't know about you. I, I know people that try to live this life without being born again. They got frustrated. They, they got bitter. And they're grumbly. Amen? But once you get born again, when you get a new heart and you're a new creature, then it's a much more natural Hallelujah. There was a change on the outside that came from within as He allowed the glory to shine forth. And you and I can experience His glory today and have a personal transfiguration as we are transformed by God's Spirit to be more and more like Jesus. Let me give you an example. Um, Romans 12, 1 and 2. Romans 12, 1 and 2. All right, I therefore urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service. It's reasonable. It's natural. It's, it's elementary for us to do. Amen? And be not conformed to this world. Don't be pressed into the world's way of thinking and living and reasoning. But instead, be transformed. That's the same word we just read on the Mount of Transfiguration. But this metamorphosis takes place, and it really takes place by the renewing of our minds. Once we're born again, then we begin to retrain through the Word of God how we think, what we believe, and how we see. And then we're able to approve what God's will is, His good, perfect will of God. So look at this. Do not be conformed any longer. Um, This passage compares you and I to sacrifices on the altar. But... We're living sacrifices. We're not dead sacrifices. But here's where the comparison comes in. Just like that Old Testament sacrifice was completely given over to God and killed, you and I, though we're alive, we are still given completely over to serve God and to love God. Our our lives have been given holy. We don't just serve Jesus on, on Sunday and Monday, do we? But we've given Him our 24-7. We've given Him our lives. But we're not a dead sacrifice. We're a living sacrifice. Go ahead and put up verse 1 again. Let me just walk us through it again. Paul says, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy. Hey, aren't you glad for the mercy of God? Is there anyone here that loves the mercy of God? Amen. Where would we be without the... So, in view that we've all been benefited recipients of God's mercy. Amen. Paul says, now I urge you, in view of God's mercy, what's the proper response? Offer your bodies. Offer yourselves. As a living sacrifice, not dead, but a sacrifice that's alive, but completely given over to serve God and to love God. Holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. It's your reasonable service. Amen? And the key, though, to the transformation... Found in verse 2. As we refuse to be conformed to the cheap things of this world. As we refuse to be conformed or pressed into the world's way of, of thinking and believing and acting. 
the behavior and believing of the world as we reject that. But instead, we allow the Word of God to renew our minds and the Word of God to fill our hearts and the Word of God to govern and direct our actions. We release the working of that new birth. We release the power and grace of that divine impartation as we refuse to conform to the cheap things of this world and we seek to be conformed to the image of Christ. We're changed. We're changed. This is something that happens daily. It's something that happens progressively. No one ever arrives. We're all on the journey until we see Jesus. But as we cooperate with the Spirit, growing in God is a partnership. You and the Holy Ghost. Amen? you got to work with God. All right? And no one gets there overnight, so relax. All right? You're under construction and so am I. If anyone thinks they've arrived there, you just farther off than what anyone believes. Amen? But none of us have arrived. But if we love God, we're in the process of becoming. We're doing our part to work with the Spirit to grow into the one God designed us to be. We renew our minds. We feed on the Word. We act out what we know. We pray and give ourselves to prayer. We exercise and we develop this new nature that we now have. This is called working out our own salvation with fear and trembling. And as we do that and we release that power. You know, let me get back to that. It's not in the notes. Let me get back. Very important. You know, I remember the science teacher. It's amazing. I don't think I remembered anything from fifth grade science, but I do. Amen. hundred years later, I remember something. I remember. Don't you remember the science teacher telling you, if you cut into that cocoon, you kill it. It's got to come out naturally. You can't force it. Because there's something that happens in the process of the metamorphosis. In the struggle, releases the beauty. In the struggle, releases the divine energy to transform that ugly lava into the beautiful butterfly. There's something that lava has to do if it wants to be changed and transformed. The divine life is in there, but it gets released as the lava works with to become. And as you and I do our part to walk with God, to work with God, to obey that book, to spend time in prayer. To respond to life the way we're supposed to. That divine life that's in us gets released to work in us. You see, it's a progressive thing. It don't happen overnight. We all wish it did. Wouldn't it be nice if it happened overnight? Oh, it would be nice to have no more um, impatience. Oh, glory be to God. Wouldn't it be nice? I wish we could get that with a bop on the head. I'd say bop me quick. Amen? But it don't work that way, does it? But that's what we improve, don't we? We mature, don't we? We see increase and we see growth, don't we? But it won't happen apart from our participation with God. By showing up this morning, you're working with God. By just showing up and say, I'm going to God's house and I'm going to praise God and I'm going to receive the Word of God. You're doing something. You're participating to grow. And this is how it works. This is how it works. We don't be conformed. Don't be conformed to this world. But say, Lord, I want to be transformed into the image of Jesus. The divine life is there, and now we exercise it, we release it, we develop it as we do our part to grow in God. Oh, hallelujah. Glory be to God forever, forever, and forever. Hallelujah. Then our lives are transformed from the outside. Transformed, and from the outside we radiate or express the glory of God. From the inside, oh, inside out, inside out. We radiate and express the glory of God. Hallelujah. I love that. Jesus was transformed on the Mount of Transfiguration. And you and I can be transformed daily from faith to faith 
and glory to glory, from infancy to spiritual maturity as we walk with God and do our parts and release the divine life that the new birth put within us. Hallelujah. Inspiration from the Mount of Transfiguration. Number one, we touched base on supplication or prayer. It was in prayer that the glory came. It was in prayer this great encounter came. And as we pray, we'll have great encounters with God. And we'll receive a fresh word from God and a fresh encounter with God. But secondly, as he prayed, there was a transformation. There was a metamorphosis. And you and I that have been born again, as we continue to walk with God, we can be transformed and we can mature and we can grow. We can overcome things that need to be overcome and we can develop things we thought we could never tap into. Number three, let's notice the conversation. we got supplication, transformation, conversation. Look at verse 30 and 31. What a conversation that must have been. Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared. Man, that's something. They appeared in glorious splendor talking with Jesus. They spoke about his departure or his exodus, which he was about to bring to fulfillment at Jerusalem. Mm. What a talk that must have been. You know, heaven wonders and rejoices over our redemption. Now, I, I, don't, I don't recommend eavesdropping, but man, that's one conversation. I would like to have been the proverbial fly on the wall, amen? Uh, I'd like to hear that one pretty good. Had that tape recorder going. They talked about our salvation. They talked about the redemption that Jesus was going to purchase. You know, First Peter tells us that even the angels long to look into what you and I have experienced. Wow. On the Mount of Transfiguration, here's Moses, there's Elijah, and they speak with Jesus about his exodus or his departure. The conversation was about the death, about the cross, about the cross. There stood Moses, the instrument God used to deliver the nation of Israel from Egypt's bondage. There stood Elijah, God's instrument that delivered his generation from their bondage to idolatry and Baal worship. And there stood Jesus. He was about to accomplish a new exodus and a new deliverance. Not one of just a generation or a nation, but this time for the whole world, for all men, for God so loved the world. Jesus was preparing himself to accomplish the greatest deliverance ever. He would go and die on Calvary. He would go to the cross and pay the price and endure the judgment for all men. And through His sacrifice, through His atonement, through His substitution, the door of deliverance would be wide open for whosoever would come and believe. And this door, my friend, is open to you. This door is open to you. You can come and you can receive the salvation of the Lord. Whoever you are and whatever you've done, you can come and get forgiven today. You can come and get things right with God today because Jesus went to the cross and paid the price for your deliverance. Jesus went to the cross and paid the price so you could come and be forgiven and be born from above. You can come and receive a fresh touch from the Savior. But He tore the veil and He opened the way and the throne of grace is open. And if you need a fresh touch today, God's here to give you a fresh touch. If you need a fresh word from heaven, God's here to speak a fresh word to your heart. If you're here today and you're just weary and you're hurting, He's here today to fill you afresh and give you a fresh anointing to get back out there and keep pressing towards that mark and reach 
reaching for that prize. Oh, Jesus went to Calvary. He gave His blood. He gave His life as an offering of offering that whosoever should come and you and I can come and draw near to the living God. For Jesus has hope in the way that whosoever will, salvation is ready. Healing is ready. Deliverance is ready. Oh, whatever you have need of, He's made a way for you to come and receive it. Conversation was about the great salvation and how Jesus would pay the price for all of it. Heaven wonders and heaven rejoices over the redemption of men. For God wants His house full. He's not willing that any perish. Like that great German evangelist used to say, let us plunder hell that we might populate heaven. That's the heart of God. That's the heart of God. That's why Jesus went to the cross. And on the Mount of Transfiguration, they talked about that. That's the theme of heaven. That's the heart of heaven. Oh, the redemption of men. We see the supplication, the transformation, the conversation. Our salvation is rejoiced over in heaven. Hallelujah. Finally, how about the visitation? Aren't you glad God still visits us? Number four, visitation. The Father descends. That cloud of glory comes down. I see two things when the glory comes. Number one, Jesus is glorified. Number two, the Word is emphasized. When the glory comes. When the Spirit really moves. He doesn't move just so we can act weird. Though we all know sometimes the power of God comes and you can have some different responses because when that power comes on this flesh, you know, it's just... But, but when the glory comes, notice in this story, the glory comes. And Jesus, Jesus is glorified. And the Word is emphasized. The Father shows up. This is my beloved Son. He has no equal. He's Lord of all. Listen to Him. The Father will not permit His beloved Son to be put on the same level of Moses, Elijah, or anybody else. His name is above every other name. He's the only mediator between God and man. He's the only Savior, the only Redeemer, the only Judge. When the Father visits, go ahead and look at it, for verse 34. Well, while Peter's speaking, while Peter's speaking, he didn't know what to say. But we've all been there, amen? Like we said last time, sometimes we're so blessed that Peter had a big mouth. Isn't that right? We've learned so many wonderful lessons because of Peter's mouth. I thank God for that. People make fun of him. I say, I'm, it's easy, like we say, it's easy to learn from his mistakes and making them yourself. Amen? I mean, don't cost nearly as much and it don't hurt that much. Amen. So, so we got to be thankful that Peter spoke up when he did because we get a lot of lessons. Well, he, the Bible says right here, he did not know what he was saying. We've all been there. Why did I say that? What was I thinking? Yeah. Verse 34, while he was speaking, a cloud appeared and enveloped them. Man, if it couldn't have gotten any. Whew, wow, yeah, you got that right. Glory as bright as a flash of lightning. All of a sudden, there's Moses and Elijah. Whew, there's a prayer meeting right there, brother. And then just Peter, you know, he's going to say something. And the cloud comes, my goodness. Pray that cloud will fall on this group today. That cloud fall on someone and heal them and break that thing off them. Let that cloud come. Let that yoke be destroyed. Let that cloud come. And let new life be imparted into that heart. 
while he was speaking, a cloud appeared and enveloped them. And they were afraid as they entered the cloud. A voice came from the cloud saying, This is my Son, whom I have chosen, whom I love. Listen to Him. When the glory comes, Jesus is glorified. The Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus. And the Word is emphasized. Not even the experience of it all, as mind-boggling as it was, they get pointed back to the Word. Listen to Him. Listen to Him. Listen to Him. The Father will not permit His beloved Son to be on the same level as even Moses or Elijah. Anybody else. His name is above every other name. He is the only mediator between God and man. He's the only Savior, the only Redeemer, the only Judge. So when the Father visits us in that power and in that glory, Jesus Christ is glorified. And all that we do in the name of religion, if Jesus isn't being glorified, something missed the mark or something's getting out of whack, the Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus. The Holy Spirit lifts up the Lamb that was slain. <clears throat> And then the word is emphasized. Listen to him. Listen to him. Peter touches more on this in Second Peter. Where even when um, great encounters fade away, the word of God remains. And we have that sure word. Christian, it's good for us to climb the mountain and to listen to the Father. He's got a word for us. He's got a word for you. I don't know what you're facing or what you're going through. But if you climb that mountain of prayer, the presence of God, He says, I'll draw near to you if you draw near to Me. And as you praise Me, I'll inhabit that praise. And the cloud of God's presence will come upon thee. And you'll hear His voice speak to your heart and encourage you, reminding you of His promise, giving you His revelation. Let's draw near to God. He's promised if we do, He'll draw near to us. And in His presence, we'll find what we need. Because they're going to leave... The Mount of Transfiguration. And the next sermon would be, but we're not going to pray, but the next sermon would be, they go into the valley called reality. You know the rest of the story? When they leave that mountain and they go back into the valley, there's a father with a son and the other disciples can't heal the boy. And he's suffering and he's possessed. And we enjoy the glory. But the glory is not an escape from reality. The glory is so we can go back and face reality and live this life as more than conquerors. Can you say amen? Some just want to use it to escape. I want to escape. I want to get sooner or later. You've got to come down from the mountain. As glorious as the mountain is. And we'd rather just camp out. Who wants to go back to that? But the reality is, in this dispensation, we've got to go back to that. So I get a fresh filling. I get a fresh revelation. I get a fresh encouragement. I get a fresh word. So I can go back and fight what I got to fight and deal with what I got to deal and overcome what I got to overcome. Can you say amen, somebody? Glory be to God forevermore. Visitation. Aren't you glad God still visits His people? The cloud and the glory still descend upon us. And I pray that will happen. I'm going to pray. If you need prayer, after I pray the prayer, you can, you can come and 
You can pray if you just want to pray. We've got altars. Or you can stand if you want someone to pray with you. And you can get prayed for. Hallelujah. Or if you just want to sit in your seat and, and worship just a little while. It's early. See how good I got with those two services? My Lord, have mercy. I'm going to have to change. Oh, I feel like I'm ripping you off. No, I mean, I got to. Well, so it's early. So if you want to sit and just sing the song through once or twice, maybe God will be good to us and let that glory cloud visit us. Why can't? Why, why not? Maybe if you just sit there and worship the Lord. Isn't that right? Maybe that glory cloud will come. Maybe you need a fresh filling. Say, Lord, here's my cup. Fill me up, Lord. Lord, my heart, I feel so inside. I feel that tension. I feel agitation. Lord, just give me a fresh peace in my heart. Maybe you just need that fresh peace to walk out there and face next week. Amen? But as we sit in His presence, I believe that cloud will fall. And I believe He'll speak to you. And I believe He'll touch you. And if you need prayer, I know He'll minister to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's bow our hearts and let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus. Father, in Jesus' name, please let your cloud descend upon your people. Oh, Father, let the cloud of your presence, of that heavy, heavy measure of your presence, even now descend. I pray that the heaviness of this world would start to disappear and be shattered. I pray that hearts would begin to sense the peace of God that passes understanding. I pray, Lord, that even a new rejoicing, a new spirit of joy and praise would begin to overflow from the hearts, would begin to bubble up as your people look to thee, as they focus on thee, Lord, as they receive fresh from the river of life. Father, in the name of Jesus, work a good work. Father, work a fresh work. Work a transforming work in each one of us. Now, Lord, now, Lord, now, Lord, let the might in... Mm, Father, now, may a mighty measure of Your presence fall upon this congregation. Father, in the name of Jesus, now, let a mighty measure of Your presence fall upon this people. Let that heaviness, that harassing thing go. Let the ache in that heart be replaced with a peace and a calm and the comfort of the Spirit. Father, fill those that are thirsty right now, those that are just thirsty, spiritually weary, and they'd like a fresh drink, those that are thirsty for more of you, fill them, fill them, fill them. I believe there's some that want a fresh drink. I believe there's some that just want a fresh filling now, Lord. Fill them afresh. Father, in the name of Jesus, heal the hurting. Touch that spine in the name of Jesus. Father, touch that spine in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, touch that spine. Let your healing virtue flow up and down that spine. Healing, mending, restoring in Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus, heal those lungs. Let the fire of the Holy Ghost begin to fill those lungs and burn healing into those lungs. Renew the strength of those that are facing a test and a trial in the upcoming week. Renew their strength. Give them a new boldness. Give them a new courage. Give them a new divine energy. Father, I pray revive some joy. Fill the mouth of Your people with laughter. Fill the mouth of Your people with the joy of the Lord. 
Let that laughter, the rejoicing, let it bubble over in the name of Jesus. Father, as we wait in Your presence, just praising You, just honoring You, just glorifying You, Father, in the name of Jesus, let the cloud of Your presence fall. And let many, many receive a touch, a word, an impartation now in the name of Jesus. Let's worship the Lord. And if you need prayer, come and receive. Or you just want to pray, come. Let's meet with God.